You're listening to The Quad, a Killjoys podcast. My name is Annie. And I'm Chris. We are talking about Killjoys Season 3, Episode 4, The Lion, the Witch, and the Warlord. While we will talk about anything and everything from the episode, there won't be any spoilers for future episodes. So let's get started with our quick reviews. I love this ep. I have been looking forward to an episode that centered on Pre for a long, long time, and this did not disappoint. I mean, Killjoys always has great lines, but this episode in particular had so much humor, and just I ran out of great lines to write down. I mean, I couldn't run out of great lines to write down. And at the same time, it has those really sweet character moments that I love about Killjoys in this episode, particularly with Johnny and Dutch. But I'm really, really hoping that Lachlan and the Farron return, if anything, for the sexually charged snark between Lachlan and Pree, because that was just gold. And then there's what's going on with Anila. Why can she see Davin? And so that side of the story with the continuing conflict between Anila and the Killjoys team and ramping up towards the inevitable the inevitable confrontation is, is really building up in a nice way for me. So what about you, Chris? I really like this episode. I mean, anytime we get to learn more about our beloved characters, because they are so very, very beloved. I mean, anytime we get to do that, it's a good time to me. I think Zeph and Dav are proving to be quite the comedy duo. I'm I'm enjoying their scenes together. In this episode, we got a lot of Dutch and Johnny stuff. They had a much-needed heart-to-heart after finding out some uncomfortable truths about each other and ow my heart because i know i know plus we finally got payoff on the information that pre was a warlord because they dropped that bombshell last season and a lot of just kind of like wait what and so now we now we have context for that which is great um i think if i were to make any not complaint, any criticism of this episode, I would have liked to see more of Anila and Delsea. <laughs> not necessarily like that, Annie. <laughs> I know Stephanie would have, who is not here, unfortunately. But but there was just there was just a little bit of them towards the end of the episode, and I'm mm-hmm. just like, I, I need more. I know we're building up to it, but yeah, yeah. But I feel like it would have been good. And Stephanie also had some thoughts that she wanted to share, even though she couldn't be here while we recorded. I thought this episode was a whole lot of fun. I am so pleased that they followed up on the glimpse we saw of Pre's past in season two. Not only did they give Pre a couple of love interests, but he got smoochies as well. Good for him. He's had those coming, I feel like. I love that Killjoys follows up on things that happen, and I feel like we got a lot of that in this episode. Besides everything with Pre, Dutch and Johnny had some issues to work out, and I thought the confrontation between the two of them was great. Not only was the acting fantastic, but I really liked the very straight-on camera angles that the director used during that really intense scene. And I like that even though we saw them talk about some important things, you know, they still love each other at the end of the episode. They're still friends. And Dutch listens to Johnny and seems willing to adjust her attitude toward him and her protectedness of him. Because while I think that we could see both of their perspectives in their argument about wanting to keep Johnny safe, etc., I liked that Dutch came to the conclusion that she did. 
And I really liked that the end of that storyline was a follow-up to that scene in which Johnny becomes a level five. It sounds weird to say it, but I thought it was nice that Dunch was willing to punch him in the face at the end of the episode. It just was a nice little bookend to mark that storyline. As is not unusual, there was just a whole lot in this episode that represents what I really like about Killjoys. So let's talk about the stuff that happened in this episode. As we already mentioned, Pre was a warlord, and it turns out he was a a leader of the Farron, it turns out, which is sort of like a group of... How did they describe it? They're, they're soldiers who abandoned their armies... Because they felt that their armies were fighting unjust wars. So Yeah, they're kind of like rebels with very Rebels tough, with a cause. <laughs> yeah. Very tough, badass rebels. But it seems like they have a moral conscience. But yeah, I'd like how... But they're organized enough, the Farron, to have a leader. And it turns out that Pre used to be formerly known as Varric. And that <laughs> Johnny goes, wait, you were the leader? He goes, teensy bit. <laughs> and like with the with the dimple popping out when he said it and i'm like you're so adorable pre i know and the, he goes oh, and johnny's like oh i hope this is worth him going blonde i did not see that coming <laughs> i mean hair. we've seen this hair before in that yeah. picture that they showed of him in the fir- in the uh first episode of the second season mm-hmm. i just want to know how it stays on so <laughs> There's this thing called spirit gum. Anyway. Oh, okay. See, I just, you know, I'm not a fashion person. I don't know anything about that. I mean, that. it could be. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they have in, in the J. Oh, I, I know about spirit fingers, but not spirit gum. Okay. <laughs> Two completely different things, Annie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look it up later. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's quite the head of hair on pre, which takes some getting used to. Mm, hair porn. Glorious. So, <laughs> I liked it, but but also, oh. I mean, how about that greeting? Right, the the greeting between oh my God. Pre and Lachlan, because mm-hmm. you're not sure how it's going to go, and it was that was not how I thought it was going to go. Yeah, but I should have knowing, seen it coming. I feel like exactly <laughs> knowing Pre, I'm like, oh, oh, and then the way the music swelled, I believe that might have even been the same cue of music when Davin was hallucinating. And with the goo inside of him, and he kissed Dutch, and the spark swelled. It felt like it was the same music cue, the same ridiculous. And I was watch. I always watch it with captions, and it says romantic music as the music swelled, as as Varric, I suppose, or Pre, and Lachlan kissed. It was just hilarious. So I loved it. But of course. Because it's the show and they're warlords, the kiss is immediately followed with them drawing their weapons and then shooting each other. <laughs> and I'm then, like, yeah, that seems about right. Yeah. <laughs> and then Priest says, you haven't changed, you raging meat stick. <laughs> but I, I kind of like how the Farron have this whole setup where they have to fight by proxy and they still have a set of rules that's really important to them so mm-hmm. i mean the fact that they have a name like a collective name i guess to me did imply that they had some sort of like society set up mm-hmm. and it's not just chaos and warlords existing together and beating each other up yeah they have a uh, they have a hierarchy 
It was very clever of Lachlan to set up Dutch and Johnny to fight each other. I don't quite know why he did that, except, I mean, what was his motivation for doing that? Just so he could potentially get revenge on Pri because he was mad at him? <sighs> you know, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, we know the script's motivation is, or the script point was to get, oh, for sure. you know, Johnny and Dutch to fight each other. And I remember I was being so nervous because I saw the picture, the promo pics ahead of time where you see Johnny and Dutch in these strappy, if you can call them costume thingies, facing off against each other. And I was very nervous. I was like, oh, no, I don't want them fighting each other. So I wanted to know how the script got to that point. So that was kind of fascinating to see. But See, I think I saw that in and in my mind just immediately went to, well, that must be some sort of training exercise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's them and they wouldn't actually fight each other. Yeah. Not without outside cause, which is yeah. what this was. Yeah. But I like the homages to the Thunderdome-like set and the strappy costume thingies, which there were a lot of jokes on Twitter with Michelle Avretta and Aaron Ashmore. Aaron Ashmore said in his Twitter, When I saw this costume, I actually said, Hannah will look fantastic in that, but what am I wearing? Thank God for self-tanner. <laughs> and there were all these jokes that Michelle Avretta and Aaron Ashmore were making about the anti-dad body, about what a great body Aaron Ashmore has. <laughs> Aaron Ashmore's pretty hunky. I know. And Aaron wrote, And please, Lavretta, you can objectify all you like. So, but yeah. <laughs> we should probably back up story-wise here to explain that the reason... I mean, I know if you're listening to this, you saw the episode, you know what happened. But just just for the sake of, of uh, recounting here, they were on Oran, which is the planet that the Farin are on. Because at the beginning of the episode, Johnny became a level five, first of all. We should talk about Johnny becoming a level five, because that's, you know, congratulations, Johnny. That's a big deal. I know. As Dad said, he be he becomes a man. <laughs> I mean, he, he went up two levels, not just from to level four, but to level five. Yep. And and got punched in the gut for it. Mm-hmm. Which apparently is tradition. Yeah, it's it's sort of like a rack hazing thing, mm -hmm. apparently. I actually kind of like that Dutch stepped in and and stopped Turin from hitting him the last two times so she could do it. <laughs> and then did did the punch fake out and gave him like a double tap on the cheek, like a little slap tap. And then yeah, that that was adorable. And then a big smooch on the other cheek, which I thought was also very cute. <laughs> anyway, but then at the end of the celebration, it ends in a shootout because it's this show. And <laughs> right? It, it yep, feels like yep. it's not an uncommon occurrence. It's, not, it's not a good episode without a shootout. But it turns out a black warrant had been placed on Johnny for killing Delsea, which is why they had to then escape to Oran. Yep. So Davin is left behind trying to prove that Delsea is still alive, or what happened with Delsea, while pre Johnny and Dutch escaped to, escaped to Oran. Yes, because the video evidence to justify this warrant, I mean, it had clearly been tampered with because it mm -hmm. showed her getting shot and then nothing after that. Yeah. And she, it showed her getting shot in the gut. And so Davin was looking at that and was like, okay, well, that's not a kill shot. Mm -hmm. And he only shot her once. So... That in and of itself isn't really conclusive of anything, other than the fact that he harmed her, 
which is still, I would assume, a punishable offense, but probably not for a black warrant. So then Garrett pulled out Pree's alley cam footage, which showed the whole thing, which involved Delcea getting shot and then getting up and walking away. So then Dev takes that to Banyan, but she's not satisfied, and she says, you still have to prove that Delcea is alive and drag her in by her hair. And do you think that Banyan's not satisfied just because she has a kind of a vendetta out for Team Awesome Force? You know, I'm not sure. I was kind of wondering why she was so... She's still really gunning for them. And, you know, she showed it when she was talking to Turin as well. Right. I I like that she talked about his... Hair. (laughs) What was it? No, no. I mean, yes, she talked about his hair. But she was talking about... (laughs) Poor Turin and the hair jokes. (laughs) I know. It's a glorious mane of hair that Mm -hmm. guy has. Anyway... But no, she was talking about his, what, lovingly crafted hate letter or something mm-hmm. to to Team Awesome Force. So yeah, I kind of can't tell if it's a matter of her genuinely wanting to get to the bottom of all of this and knowing that something is up there. Because, I mean, Turin is protecting them right now. Yeah. But Banyan doesn't know about the Hullen or the fact that they're entrenched within the wreck, as far as we know. Well, but we don't know that she doesn't either. True. Right? Yeah. They were sort of trying to gauge her reactions to certain things before and and got nothing. So we don't really know where she stands, which is why I'm hesitant to say whether or not she's justified in the things she's doing. Mm -hmm. Well, and at the same time, I think Davin mentioned, I can't remember who it was, that they're not even sure if she's still Holland or not. They still have suspicions. She who? Uh, Banyan. Did they know that she was before? No. But remember when they were first introduced to her, Dutch is like, well, I can take her out and their entire team just to be safe. So. I know. It's just the the way you phrased it was you said that they didn't know if she was still Helen. Oh, sorry. They don't know if she's Helen, period. Okay. Hence my confusion. But since Davin's trying to figure out what exactly happened with Delsea, the... The method that they decide to try to use to find things out is through the use of the goo. And (laughs) Davin and his walking in there, taking his shirt off, because that's what she had mentioned earlier, what Zeph had mentioned (laughs) earlier as a possible possible way of of doing this. It cracked me up. And then he's like, okay, I'm ready to go. And he's got his bare chest and... He's very and she pulls out things and starts chest. sticking them on his head. And then <laughs> yeah. it, it takes him a second to figure out, like, oh, you don't need access to my nipples anymore. <laughs> and then he's all annoyed and covers up. <laughs> annoyed <laughs> and a little embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, poor Dab practically gets his brain fried because they crank it up a little. Zeph cranks up the power a little too much. So they have to find alternate methods through hot cocoa. Or it's really a hippy-dippy tea type thing to ease their way into the goo, or for Dav to ease his way into the goo. But I liked his comment earlier as she was applying the electrodes to his head and pulling out the bowl of goo. It's never just beer and fritters. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Dav. I know. 
So Dav connects with Agu and is on Anila's ship, but is he seeing through Delsea's eyes? I mean, I wouldn't say he's seeing through her eyes, since it seems like he is observing her. But he's seeing her perspective of things. Because Zeph is encouraging him, you know, think of Delsea, does she have perfume or whatever? <laughs> that line, do you want me to get high and sniff her panties? Do you have some? <laughs> <laughs> she's she's a little too eager. Yeah, yeah. Man, maybe everybody's got a thing for Delsea. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's not really what I meant, but okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but he seems to be kind of in the room, but but it seems like Dav's sort of invisible since the commander Gander walks through him. So, <laughs> Gander the commander. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he he's not really there. He's like uh astrally projecting i guess would be the yeah back from my comic book reading days oh, i feel like that's what like, they would have phrase sounds familiar yeah astral projection it's a thing but i am it's a thing that i am familiar with because of comic stuff mm-hmm. but that does seem to be the case and of course for a second he's worried that she sees him because she starts talking but then it turns out that yeah she's talking to gander and not him but then when they try again later Anila starts talking and is very clearly talking to him. Yeah, and he says, you can see me. And so Anila, you know, gives Dav a message saying that she's coming for Dutch. But then at the same time, Anila is wondering, you know, how can you do this? What did Klein do to you? So even Anila doesn't know what Klein did to Davin. Mm -hmm. So we still don't know what that is. But again, that worries me because now Anila really knows that Dutch is coming and that Dav has this mysterious ability. So she's learning more about Dutch. And as, uh, you know, Dav said when Dutch asked, asked him about it at the end of the episode, so what did Anila seem like? And Davin says, powerful and maybe a little bonkers. <laughs> Which is basically what Klein had Possibly said. bonkers. Yeah, yeah. But I just liked uh, Luke McFarlane's interpretation of that line. He's, he's like, powerful. And then it turns and he goes, yeah, she's kind of crazy. But I think the most intriguing thing for me, and I'm sure Stephanie, was that Gander was referring to, quote, the commander's affections, referring about Anila to Delsea. So does Anila really have feelings for Delsea? And by feelings, I mean feelings. And I was watching that going, oh my god, you know, ding, ding, ding. My my gaydar's going off, but it was just hilarious because I, I couldn't wait. I could hear Stephanie's voice in my head, and how I interpreted that line anyway was was very fun. So, and now we all know what Annie's gaydar sounds like. Ding, ding, ding. And believe me, most <laughs> of the time my gaydar does not go off. I have terrible gaydar, but when it's very, very overt, then yeah, ding, ding. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, what do you think about Anila and what's going on? <laughs> just generally or just generally, yeah, I'm asking more generally cuz I I feel again, I am worried that she is continuing to gather information now and now Moore's know about what Dav can do and you know, that Dutch is coming for her. So I mean, I don't know. I'm curious because of course nobody else seemed to notice Davin when he was there. Mm-hmm. But this is like when 
Klein had noticed that he was there in the second season. So, you know, what does that mean, right? Is it something to do with their family? Is it because they've been so well-trained and for so long attached to the, the, the green? What is it that makes that difference so that they can exactly and yeah. communicate with him? That Klein and Davin and, and Neela seem to have this unique connection. I like how they refer to it as the green, because Gander says, I hear Anila is teaching you the green to Delsea. Mostly at this point, I just have a lot of questions about mm-hmm. about Anila. Yeah. Which I suppose we're supposed to. It's early in the season yet. Mm-hmm. Although we're rapidly approaching midway, so. <sighs> yeah, it just, uh, I, I'm a worrier. It just makes me worry for our team, the closer the conflict gets. Well, sure. Just to interrupt for a moment to give you a little info on our other podcasts, on Tatiana is Everyone, our Orphan Black podcast, Stephanie and I are currently covering the fifth and final season of Orphan Black. We're releasing weekly episode discussions. You can listen to the podcast and find out how to subscribe at TatianaIsEveryone.com. We are also covering season two of Winona Earp on our multi-fandom podcast, Fanalysis, Chris and I are discussing small batches of episodes. The first Winona Earp discussion covered episodes one through five of season two. You can listen and find out how to subscribe at askgenretv.com slash fan. And I believe our next episode will cover episodes six through nine. And then we can go on to season three. Sorry. I'm really happy that Winona Earp just got a season three. So dang it. Killjoys had better get a season four. I know, everybody. Renew Killjoys! Renew Killjoys, Killjoys needs to have more people appreciating it. For real. So speaking of conflict, I feel like we should really talk about this Johnny versus Dutch thing that happens to go back to that storyline. Because I feel like this is probably the main thing, the most important thing for me. How about this? For me, it is the most important thing that happened in the episode. Me too. Like, character-wise, emotional-wise. Exactly. Which is really the heart of the show. Mm -hmm. And Dutch and Johnny, heart of the show. So, of course, by by setting up this conflict between them, like, an actual competition is the format. But earlier in the episode, we'd found out, Johnny had found out, that Dutch had actually blocked him from becoming a level 5. And... Johnny was clearly and understandably upset about this. I get it. But at the same time, I understand why Dutch did it. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, level five is, and, and I think work. level four, too. They no, can I, kill people. Yeah. And I don't it's know about that, level four. Is it? Is level four kill warrant? I don't. No, level four so. is not kill warrant, but you are authorized to kill if necessary. Yeah. But level five is, as she said, execution style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we see that Dutch says to Johnny, you know, yeah, it was a not a, so nice a thing for me to do to block you from being a level five. But she says, I don't want you turning into me. And Which is something we've heard from her before. Yeah. You know, when Johnny says, I shot Delsea, that was me. You know, that's something I don't think he would have done in the first season. But... By now, he's already taken that step, and he can't go back. So, 
Dutch has to deal with that. But at the same time, and as Davin pointed out, like the way he shot her wasn't intended to kill her necessarily. Like she could have died from it, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. It wasn't an execution. Yeah, you know. And it was interesting because I remember you guys arguing, oh, she's not dead. And I I, th- I believe I thought she was dead at the end of season two. And you're like, you guys are like, no, 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 it wasn't a kill shot. And I'm like, really? So, yeah, it's interesting. Of course, you guys are right. And I was, you know, not so right because <laughs> I'm really bad at this stuff. But <laughs> I think it's an episode of The Exiles where I heard them say that a shot to the stomach is the slowest way to kill somebody. Certainly one of the most painful. Bleeding out is not nice. But it's a good thing she's Helen, so that didn't matter so much. But again, just like if your intent is to murder someone, generally yeah. what you see is like a headshot or or a shot to yep. the heart. And that's not what he did. So anyway, my point being, like, I'm still not sure that Johnny is really mentally that type of person who could outright execute somebody. You yeah, know? which is what Dutch says, yeah. Um, but I thought it was really interesting how the conflict built up through the whole day where Johnny was so intent on winning the first, you know, contest and, you know, Dutch won anyway. But then, you know, he won the second one and Dutch was like... <laughs> I like that line. What is up with you? I've been sensing this hot whiff of, you know, itchery from you all day. And Johnny says, they're like, oh, we're on truth, Jack. And he says, your hair's too big for your face. You leave knives everywhere and your pottery's terrible. (laughs) He said, terrible. (laughs) I'm like, well, God, what kind of pottery does she do? It's probably the kind of pottery I did in the fourth grade. It was just a lump of something. So... (laughs) Just a lump of something. Okay. Can, can you imagine? Yeah, yeah, like pottery class on Lucy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when it's touched on pottery. I just, I don't know. The thought of Dutch making pottery is amusing to me. Well, you know, she as she refers to uh, earlier in the episode, she was raised in a harem and, you know, maybe they learned all kinds of stuff, you know. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But again, just like... Picturing it is amusing to me. Yes, it is. And yes, I 100% believe that Dutch leaves knives everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a very valid complaint from Johnny. And and the your hair is too big for your face comment made me giggle. Yeah. The woman has a lot of hair. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm, going back to the competitions themselves, I kind of have a hard time believing that Johnny won the second one. Yeah. Like, I would have believed it had they not been blindfolded. But as soon as they pulled the blindfolds out, I'm like, okay, we've seen Dutch have to do stuff without being able to see. Mm-hmm. And she's always way better at it than everybody else. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she unintentionally, maybe she intentionally let him win. But at the same time, she was I really annoyed so. with him. So, I was going to say, yeah. she did not seem pleased. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe Johnny was just so mad it gave him that extra edge to, for this one time, beat her by a, half a second. So possible, but, but yeah, I mean, I always like that kind of conflict where, you know, you see them, he's so mad at her for his various reasons, but you know, as always, she's trying to protect him. And I, I always find that so endearing 
you know, mm-hmm. because it's such good reason. She doesn't want him to turn into her. And I love how they still continue to talk while helping to escape because they get captured by the Killjoy who was, you know, trying to get the level five warrant on Johnny. And Johnny, like, pulls the pin from her hair and they use it to get out of each other's cuffs. And, you know, Johnny goes and hits his head on Dutch's. And she goes, brat, you love it. So, but Johnny's like, did we break up? I feel like we broke up. Well, like, because, no. and we we skipped over this one, but the biggest thing that happened, conflict-wise, before that, was basically Dutch talking about him leaving, and Johnny mm-hmm. said, I was going to come back, and then Dutch responds, I didn't want you to. Oh my god, I just winced out loud when I heard that. That was so painful. Can you wince out loud? I didn't know that was a thing that, that made sound. Well, I don't know. Yeah, for me, just because... <laughs> Something like that. One of my strange sounds. Yeah. Well, that's how I describe it anyway. But that was a very painful line to hear. And it was. What what was her motivation for that? Again. This is, I mean, at least the way I'm seeing it, this is part of Dutch's I don't want you to become me. I feel like Dutch feels like she's corrupting Johnny. Mm -hmm. She wanted him to go live a happy life away from her. And be safe, as she said. Yeah. And Johnny says, when have we ever played safe? But, yeah, it's it's kind of like, I don't know, it kind of reminds me of Bo in Lost Girl, where she, she feels like she's corrupted. I'm a monster. I put everybody I love in danger, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If they're associated with me. We've heard Dutch refer to herself as a monster earlier this season. Yeah, so same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but, you know, it's kind of like the the growing pains with, as Turin refers to it, your sister-wife, uh, where... Sister-partner is what si- he said. Sister-partner, excuse me. Sister-wife is something else. Yeah, sorry. Where, you know, Johnny's kind of getting tired of that, and he's like, I'm going to stick by you no matter what. You know, I'll, he's kind of taking the risk, and even if he is changing... But at the same time, as we've discussed, yeah, maybe he intended to kill Delsea, but subconsciously he just ended up shooting her in the gut because he couldn't do it, you know, and shoot her in the head. But yeah, that that line just, it hurts so much. And I Mm -hmm. feel like that especially is what prompted that whole, did we just break up conversation? Yeah. But then, you know, they didn't. So that, you know, I, I love that she was so concerned when she got out of the ship and was going towards Johnny's pod. And then Priest shows up, the Calvary's here. And then he ends up kissing Lachlan. Because I love how Dutch was so concerned. He's like, she's like, I don't want to give up your life. And and Lachlan's like, don't worry, it's been settled. <laughs> Priest's like, I had to put out a lot. <laughs> and then they and he looks up, pretty pleased with himself I about know, it, too. I know. And then the way that Pre puts Lachlan's gun back in his holster, just to me, looked so overtly sexual. And it was. It <laughs> yeah, was. It was, yeah. a, it was a very suggestive. Suggestive placement. And uh, they end up making out. And <laughs> Dutch just goes and sits on poor Johnny's frozen body. <laughs> She's like, ah. I mean, that you're making it sound like something other than... She sits on the box that he's, he's yeah, in. Yeah, but it just it cracks me up. 
She wasn't sitting on Johnny. Yeah. (laughs) Sitting on his box. But, yeah, that was funny. But those scenes between Pre and Lachlan, so much sexual tension. I just, I really hope Lachlan comes back with his gang of, uh, his gang of Farron. Yeah. Yeah, They certainly set it up that way. And I'm glad. Mm Mm-hmm. I like this, especially since they established the idea of needing more people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I see what we're doing here. We're assembling our army throughout the season for mm-hmm. what I would assume would be a big confrontation at the end of the season, unless they push it back to next season even and make make it a bigger deal even. I kind of hope not, because at this point I feel like it's being stretched out, but I don't want it too stretched out. I mean, that's fair. I'm just saying, I, I don't know which way this is going to go. Mm-hmm. Anyway, shall we talk about questions we have after seeing this episode? Yeah. So, where did they have a sample of Klein's organic goo for Zeph to mix with the green goo? Organic to- goo. Gross. Well, well okay. <laughs> uh, I mean... You, know, you see Zeph this- mixing the green goo with the red goo that's labeled Klein. Where did they get the red goo? I mean, well, Klein was with blood. them when he died. Maybe they had a so, blood sample or something. Yeah, I mean, it's entirely possible that they decided to take some some samples, or maybe they even had some before that, I don't know. But or knowing that he was involved with all of this stuff with the hole, and maybe they thought it might be prudent to to keep some DNA on hand or whatever. Or because of Klein's uh, kind of long game and everything that he'd planned, maybe he'd left some behind somewhere. Who knows? Yeah. So, Zeph figures out how to open the remnant. And what's in there? Is it organic? It almost looked like some little creature or something was in there. Was that your impression? I didn't think it was a creature. I mean, I don't know. Something weird at the top of it. I don't know. It wasn't just solid goo in there. It looked like something. No, it looked like blood. Or possibly something bloody. I don't know. Yeah. Like some organic part. Yeah, like I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell what it was, but it did look like some sort of, you know, biological sample of something. Mm-hmm. I think I don't know. I guess we'll find out. My question though is, why did Zeph close that back up once she unlocked it? Well, maybe she didn't want to catch anything. If it could be, it could have been a pathogen. But yeah, that look on her face when she closed it up looked like she was. Keeping it secret. It was very I know, it's so suspicious. Yeah. And I'm like, Zeph, what's going on? I mean, it could be a misdirect. Maybe she's just, like, secretly pleased with herself, mm-hmm. or not so secretly pleased with herself, and, like, maybe she will tell Team Awesome Force, but I don't know. God, the, I hope. The way, the way that played, it looks like she's going to be keeping it secret. And I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> but I don't know. Well, I'm hoping now, because now I'm, like, I hope she's not a mole on Team Awesome Force. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. That just occurred to me. Because could be. I don't know. I don't think so, but... Yeah, I'm hoping not, but... But why else would she keep it secret? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, we still don't know why Dav couldn't remember going to that planet and everything, right? Right. There's some weird mysteries that have not been solved. Yeah, I mean, there's it's the beginning of the season, so they're still relatively early in the season, so there's a lot of questions being thrown out. 
but we'll see. And and remember, like the way the first season went, we we learned all these bits of information, and then they gradually wove together and got real interesting by the end of the season. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming that will happen again. I'm excited about it. Yeah, me too. Excited and a little nervous. <laughs> me too. I love them so much, Annie. I know. I mean, I like this episode because it introduced, it, as you said, it went into character backgrounds that we really loved, but introduced new characters that I got really excited about. And I loved the discussions and the conflict between Johnny and Dutch. And I'm also very nervous for the characters that I love with the everything going on and what might happen. Because I don't want anything bad to happen to them. I know. I will be excited to see Fancy Lee and everybody come back. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully soon. Yeah. I also noticed we haven't seen... No Hunky Bunk. Right? No no Alvis, but also also haven't seen Bellish all yeah. season, which has made me sad. Does she still have her same role? Is she still like giving out warrants after everything that went down with Iraq and... You know, I is don't she, know. Is she okay? I hope so. But the rack is still functioning relatively normally, so I would hope Bella should be okay. And there's still not enough Lucy snark for me. Although, yeah, there's very little Lucy. That was fun. She did ask John for a tissue. Or if he wanted a tissue. So I know. But I'm waiting for <sighs> oh, Lucy, Lucy to have like a like more of an active role, like to, you know, gas somebody or shoot somebody, you know. It's like that it's like that dog fight that her and Johnny had last season. That was so awesome. Uh, you know, I like I want another scene like that. And we also got some feedback from Fred from a few episodes ago. Fred says, Nice second episode. I'm so happy to see Anila and her cool spaceship as well. I was somewhat disappointed when they did not show up in episode one. Also very nice to see Delsea. Will Anila be more into her than Dutch? Of course, Dutch always was hate-flirty with Delsea, but never really interested. I wonder how long it will take until Anila and Dutch meet in person. I tried to Google whether Hannah John Common ever met Tatiana Maslany to get some tips on playing double roles. Couldn't find anything, though. I'm a bit disappointed about Ollie being Clara. Last episode, I was wondering who would get Alice when they would meet. This will also mean we have to wait or never see Stephanie Leonidas again in this series. I like Ollie as an alternative, though. And for Johnny, it's nice he found her. And thanks so much for sending that in, Fred. We'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode of Killjoys. You can send them to us at killjoys at askgenretv.com. We love getting voice messages, which you can send to us in a couple of ways. Record a voice memo on your smartphone and email it to us, or call our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. Follow us on Twitter or Tumblr at Killjoys Podcast. The Quad is part of the Ask Genre TV family of podcasts. To find our other podcasts about Orphan Black and Lost Girl and various other shows, visit our website, askgenretv.com. Thanks for listening. See you in the Quad. Quad.